Has anyone in here, I'm just curious, uh, for today, today only, has anyone in here been on Facebook? Raise your hand. Raise your hand, hi, have you been on Facebook today? Yeah, a lot of, most of you have been on Facebook today. Has anyone in here been on Twitter today? You've, you've been on Twitter? Does anyone, has anyone actually tweeted something? No, that's not, our church isn't a big, t- we're not a bunch of twits, okay? We're Facebookers here, uh, mostly. Uh, what about like Instagram? Has anyone in here today been on Instagram? You've been using that? We've got a few Instagram folks. Now, Instagram's more of the, the photos. You can just scroll and scroll, and I think you heart them when you like them. Um, anyone post anything on Instagram today? Couple? Yeah, yeah, a few back here. Awesome. Tonight, I'm talking about the hot topic social media. Social media. Does anyone in here remember what life was like without social media? Listen, I, I was curious. I was like, man, when, when was this? Uh, because I, I remember when I was a kid, but I thought maybe there was something like that when I was a kid, uh, but there wasn't. So it was in 1997 that the first recognized social media site was created. Does anyone know what it was? No, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's not MySpace. It's called Six Degrees. It's simple. I'm not going to tell you about it because I don't know much about it, but that's what it was called. Six Degrees. I guess people could create a profile and upload a photo and sort of talk with people on social media. And so now, 1997, we're 20 years. That's it. 20 years we've had social media. And it has changed everything, hasn't it? It's changed. I mean, it is part of our daily life. You cannot go a day without hearing about Facebook. You can't go a day without hearing about one of these things, these social media sites. And I was just thinking, man, it is so much a part of our day. What does the Bible say about social media? So important. I mean, if we're going to be on it every day, if we're going to be using it, don't you think we should know what God says about it? So that's where we're going tonight. I want to pray, and then we're going to get into our study, but let's just pray God would help us over the next hour or so uh, to uh, learn from his word uh, some wisdom. This is one of those areas where we need wisdom, okay? Let's pray and ask God for it. Lord, uh, we are so thankful for how you bless us. We're glad that you give us your word, and Lord, I pray right now as we uh, just want to talk together about this subject of social media, I ask that You would give us great wisdom and insight from your word. Lord, we want to know what you say about it. We want to know how you guide us. And I pray, Lord, as as you've guided me, that you would help me to communicate these things tonight. And Lord, we want to honor you. I pray that if there's something about our social media habits, what we post, what we don't post, what we say uh, online, God, how we portray ourselves or, or anything like that. I pray, God, there's something we need to change that you'd guide us in making that change. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all ready for this? Amen. All right. It's going to be great. So social media. If some of you in here, if you don't understand what social media is, I know you've heard about it. You, you can equate it to something like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, but it's social. That word means dealing with society, okay? The interaction of people, people getting together through media, all right? These ways of communication. It is communication through technology, all right? How many of you have a phone in your hand right now? Don't move it. Does anybody in here have a phone in your hand right now? Okay, got a couple. A couple of you are on there. I bet you probably just got a notification. Some of you are, are, are constantly, you're even in church, connected to social media. I've watched, I know that some of you snap pictures of Pastor Tony or singers or somebody snapped a picture of me today wearing that Mexican stuff and put it on social media during the service. Who was it? No, I know who it was. Uh, one of my friends did. It was John, wasn't it? Yep, it was John. He's not sitting down here. Is he up there? No, he's not. Um, listen, we are on social media. Now, let me explain this to you how important and how prevalent this is. Twitter has today, as of the last recording, 328 million active users. 
active, people that use it, not just people that signed up, but people that use it. That's Twitter. Twitter is where you communicate through um, like 140 characters, and you can tag people and direct message people, and, and you can kind of interact with people that you don't already know, and you can create those relationships. Then there's uh, above that, you've got Instagram. Instagram is owned by Facebook, right? Uh, Instagram is like, I post a picture, and they're always squares, or they're videos that are in this square shape, and you post them, and you can put a filter on it, because the filter always makes it look better, right? Uh, and if you can get one that doesn't have a filter, and it looks good, you get like twice as many likes, because it's unfiltered, and it's good to post that. But Instagram has 700 million active users today. Next above that, how many of you have used YouTube? I haven't mentioned YouTube. YouTube is a social media. It's mainly video where I record what's going on in my life or I make a video or I do whatever and I post it and then you get to talk to me about it on there or you can get on, you can look up anything on YouTube, right? If you say, how do I do something? Well, it's on YouTube. Look it up on YouTube. You'll find it. People are posting there. A billion active users on YouTube. And the top, the top, do you know what it is? The number one in active users? What is it? Everyone say it together. Facebook. Yeah. Did anybody say something different? Hopefully not. Two billion active users. Two billion. That is 26% of the world's population. 26, over 26%. There's 7.44 billion people. That's crazy. One in four people on the whole planet actively use Facebook. Now, you better hope that the Bible says something about how to use it, because it's so important. This is the number one platform that people are on. People are there. They, they have their lives post on there. So what is it that we're supposed to know through Scripture about social media? And the simplest way that I could help you was to, uh, ha Scripture never ever says, do this on Facebook or don't do this on Facebook, or uh, to Twitter or not to Twitter. Thou shalt not tweet. doesn't say these things. And so we need to take Bible verses, Bible principle, and apply them to how we use this social media. And so I have five social media reminders from Scripture, five of them, and I would encourage you to take notes because this is going to be very practical and helpful tonight. Five social media reminders from Scripture. Number one, Social media should not rule you, you should rule it. Let me re repeat that. Social media should not rule you, you should rule it. Uh, there's a verse in scripture that's so important, and if you take it and you just apply it to just about anything that you deal with that takes your time, it's, it's very important. It's in 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 12. 1 Corinthians 6, 12, listen to this. This is the Apostle Paul, and he says, he says, all things are lawful unto me. He's saying, he says, some things that I get to do in life, they're not illegal. I can do them. I can, I can spend my time on these things. But he, he's, but he says this, but all things are not expedient. Can you say that word with me? Expedient? Let's say it again. That's a fun one. Expedient? That's a word like, I don't use that every day. What is that? Expedia.com. That's where you get hotels. But this is the word expedient, okay? It has nothing to do with Expedia. Listen, it means good for you, beneficial, or profitable. You can spend your time, energy, and effort doing pretty much whatever you want unless God says not to. But that doesn't mean it's profitable or good for you. All things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. When the Bible says brought under the power, it means brought under the control of. This answers the question, as Pastor Tony talked a few weeks ago, about substance abuse, alcohol. There is a principle in the Bible that nothing should control a Christian outside of the Holy Spirit. You understand? There's nothing that ought to have power over you. There's nothing that ought to control how you do, what you do, why you do, outside of the Lord. Nothing should have control of you, but sometimes 
I think social media does. It's like when you're sitting in church and you just have that urge, like, oh, I gotta check it. My phone just buzzed. What does it say? Have you ever felt that before? Or you're trying to play with your kids and you're thinking, what am I missing? My phone is beeping in the other room. What's happening? That's a control. So here's a couple questions to ask to, to uh, help you follow this reminder. So social media should not rule you. You should rule it. Here's a question to ask. Is it ruling your time? Is it ruling your time? This social media stuff, some of you are sucked into it. Some of you are just average users. But do you know what an average user does on social media or how much time? The average user, average internet user is now on social media for over two hours a day. Social media includes uh, all the mix of these things, whether you're on Facebook or you hop over to Twitter or you're on Pinterest or you're, uh, whatever, whatever site you're on, whatever app you're using, over two hours a day is average. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time, whether that's all at once. And some of you say, man, all at once, that's a couple times a day. Like you can just get lost in Facebook scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It's like, I can't stop scrolling. Have anyone ever been there? Be honest, help me out. Anyone ever been there? You just scroll and scroll and you're like, man, look at this recipe. You know, look at these cookies or whatever they're making. Like it just keeps going. If you spend two hours a day on social media uh, over a lifetime, you will spend five years and four months on social media. Five years. That is a long... My oldest son is six years old. That's almost his entire life spent scrolling, clicking, commenting, liking, posting, whatever. What else could you do with five years and four months? If you got to the end of your life and you said, hey, guess what? I'm going to make you a deal. I'm going to give you back five years and four months. What would you do with it? What could you do with it? Uh, as you, if you get on any sort of site and search about social media, uh, they say, here's some things you can do instead of this. You can fly to the moon and back 32 times. You could climb Mount Everest 32 times. It must take the same amount of time to get to the moon as it does up Mount Everest. Um, you could run 10,000 marathons, is what it said. Uh, there are a number of things. But the point is that... Social media is not intended to rule our time. If you'll I'll put on the screen Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, and you all can turn there. This is a great verse to take your weekly schedule, to take your daily schedule, and uh, before you start planning things out, read this verse, okay? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly. Walk circumspectly. You know, I'm, you know, some of you are just, you're just trying to walk. And, uh, or we're just trying to walk straight. What does circumspectly mean? I'm supposed to walk. Uh, walk is not necessarily talking about taking steps. It's talking about living, making life decisions. But this encouragement to walk circumspectly, circumspectly means carefully. It, it means I am consciously weighing the decision or the effect of my, my decisions, okay? I'm thinking ahead, if I do this, what is it going to cost me? If I do this, if I take this step, is it going to put me into danger or is it going to help me? What's it going to do? So I'm considering the effects. I'm carefully choosing. See then that you walk circumspectly, carefully, not as fools, but as wise, there is a way to live, God said, is foolish. And it's clearly the opposite of circumspectly. It's just living your day, doing whatever it is, takes up your time. But the Bible says, here's how you walk as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. God g gives us life, and it's measured in time, right? Uh, each day is 24 hours. And we're talking about this topic of social media, but God, he, he leaves it in his word that we're, he says, listen, don't be a fool, be wise. Uh, think about how you spend your time and spend it circumspectly. Spend it wisely. 
Think about how you're going to spend the next hour and ask, is this the best way I can use this hour? That is a circumspect way of doing this. Redeeming the time, that means buy back the time, save the time, use the time wisely. Your life belongs to the Savior, but He gives you the opportunity to manage it, okay? You are the manager of your time. It's very important that you manage it well. And so when we're asking, is social media ruling me or am I ruling it? How much time are you spending on social media? Here's another question to ask. Is social media ruling your focus? Is social media ruling your focus? You should rule it. It should not rule you. Um, let me ask you. Think about this. Just, just clear your mind for a second. Over the last uh, today, let's just say today uh, or yesterday, what have you been thinking about? I mean, like when you're not talking to somebody, like what's on the back of your mind? What is it? Uh, you all have different things you've been thinking about. Some of you are thinking about political stuff. Some of you are thinking about uh, something. But how much of what you've been thinking about stems from something you saw on social media? Some of you are thinking about buying something because you saw something and you wanted it and now you're thinking about buying it. Some of you uh, may be thinking about uh, the dilemma with North Korea. Why? Because you saw it on social media and it's now ruled your focus. Uh, so much of what social media does is it puts stuff in front of our eyes and we constantly scroll, constantly scroll. Sometimes you see something and it just captivates you and we have to be careful we're not to be brought under the power of any, and sometimes the power is just the power to captivate us, the power to steal our focus. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, some great advice when it comes to social media. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. God doesn't say, he says to walk circumspectly, to make sure that you're choosing your decisions and you're controlling your steps and your actions, what you watch. But he, in Colossians, the Bible says that uh, you get the choice to set your affections or your focus. And you can choose to set it on things above, things in heaven, things that matter to God, things that matter for, or you can choose to set on all the stuff that's going on down here on earth. And let me just tell you one of the best sources of all the stuff down here on earth. It's on social media. Just roll through Twitter for a while or roll through your Facebook page and you will instantly be captivated from not spiritual things for the most part. Then you might get the, the good article or now Richard may uh, put a cool quote from Pastor Tony or you may see a Bible verse come across, but I'd say 90% of what you're reading on social media is dealing with things going down here on the earth. And we are given an exhortation to set our affection. It's like you set the thermostat. You say, I want it to be 70 degrees in here, so I'm going to set it to 70 degrees. I'm choosing the temperature. We need to choose our focus, not allow social media to choose our focus for us. Our thinking process, it should be different than the world. See, uh, the world allows this just to be, this is part of their life. It just controls them. But we are to be different. In Romans chapter 12, the Bible says in verse 1, I Beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Christians, God did a lot for you. He bought you by his mercy. Take yourself, submit it back fully to him. I had the opportunity to talk about this a little bit uh, this past Wednesday night. Uh, but we submit it to him. But listen as the verse continues, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's plan for how you are going to stop looking like the world and start conforming to Jesus Christ is that you 
control what goes in your mind. That's his plan. He says, how are you supposed to stop being pressed into the mold of the world? Well, you renew your mind. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God's plan is that you would get his thoughts into your mind and his pleasures and his commands and his scripture. So we have to wonder, what is controlling our focus? Is it our scrolling, constant flow of social media? Or is it God's word? Um, I heard one time one of those, you would like this one, Dave, one of those old-timey preachers say, get, get your nose out of Facebook and get your nose in God's book. You like that? You like that one, don't you? You ever heard that before? Write that down. That's pretty funny, huh? Get, get your nose out of Facebook and get it in God's book. The idea is that, why? Because you are supposed to be renewing your mind. You are supposed to set your affection you're not supposed to let your affection and your focus and your time all be controlled and manipulated by Facebook or whatever social media platform you use. Is it ruling your focus? Be not conformed. So, number one reminder, social media should not rule you. You should rule it. Here's number two. Number two, when dealing with social media, remember, social media is potentially fatal Strongly consider filtering and accountability. Uh, listen, these, these points are things that, uh, that I have read, learned, and experienced. Social media is potentially fatal. Strongly consider filtering and accountability. Do you know that we have an enemy? Is there anybody here that realizes that? John 10.10 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to kill and to steal steal and to kill and to destroy. There is someone out there that wants to take your spiritual success, your spiritual life, your walk with God, take your marriage, your family, and he wants to steal it, wants to kill it, and he wants to destroy it. And we would be foolish if we didn't recognize that social media is one of those areas in which he uses as a tool. So important. If this is something that so many people use, 25%, 26% of the world, so important. Do you know that, is anybody here married? Raise your hand if you're married, married folks. Does anybody like being married? You enjoy it? It's cool? You want to continue it? Yeah? It's a good thing. You should want to continue to stay married. Do you know that right now the odds are stacked against you in your marriage? nationwide, in the church, out of the church, the uh, divorce rate, you've probably heard, is somewhere around 50%. It fluctuates. Some people say it's lower. Some people say it's higher. But it's somewhere around 50%. That means one out of every two marriages end in divorce. Now listen to this. Do you know that one in three divorces start as online affairs? This is coming from a law firm dealing with family law, divorce law. One in three divorces start as online affairs. Uh, when going to court for divorce, Facebook is the number one source for evidence online in divorces. Facebook is the number one source. Uh, it's cited that 25% of couples fight about Facebook at least once per week. So I know I'm talking to some of you in here. Isn't that something? We should probably pay attention to that stuff. Social media is potentially fatal. Strongly consider filtering and accountability. Do you know, uh, in Matthew 19, Jesus said, For this cause, 19 verse 5, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they twain, shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. God has given you, if you're married in here, he's given you your wife, or if you're going to get married, uh, or husband, he's given you your spouse, and if you're going to get married, you're going to have one of these husbands or wives. And uh, God says when, when this is put together, there is no man that should get in the middle of this. There is nothing that should get in the middle. You're now one. You're one flesh. So why is it a statistic that one out of three adults keep their social media passwords and accounts secret from their spouse? 
If, 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 if you're protecting your marriage, if you already know that, man, I'm, I got a 50-50 shot to make this happen, I need God's help. If you already know that one out of three uh, divorces start because of something that's taking place on social media online, don't you think you should recognize the danger? So important. We shouldn't let stuff like social media come in between us. It should be something that brings us together. Uh, you may wonder why some couples have their combined accounts. And you're like, I don't understand. Who is, uh, who is I, we've got friends, who is Matt Ashley? I don't know. That's not a, what kind of name is Matt Ashley? Uh, well, it's because the husband and wife have the same account. Now, I'm not saying everyone should go do that, but there's reasons they do that. Uh, there's a reason for that because God said uh, to, to don't let anything come between them. Maybe they determined something was coming between. Now, let me explain why social media is potentially fatal. Here's number one reason. Because of the privacy of social media. It provides an environment where you feel private, where you feel like no one can see, or where you feel like I'm all by myself here. It has this privacy where you can, on some sites, hide behind a username, or just the idea that it's it's in your pocket and no one can see it. The idea that it's there and, and no one checks it or you're the only one with the password. There's this privacy this, uh, that's kind of a false privacy that's built within social media. Here's another reason why it's dangerous. It's because it disconnects you from reality. Uh, it provides an environment where, peop- where the people you talk to and the words you say, the places you go... It just seems to you that it's not really real. Like if I'm doing it online, eh, it's not real. It's not real people. That's a, a lie that social media throws out that it's, uh, it's not really, you know, wrong or whatever. Disconnection from reality. Here's another reason why it's dangerous. It makes sin accessible. Sin has always existed. Okay, um, uh, adultery has always existed. Uh, you've got uh, lust has always existed. You've got pornography has always existed. You've got illicit relationships. They've always existed. Okay, this is stuff that people deal with. But I'm saying social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it makes sin accessible. Okay, easy to access. It's like there. Like you don't have to go looking for it or anything. It's um, whether that's uh, graphic material, inappropriate relationships, inappropriate conversations. Uh, there, uh, a pastor of, of ours, when we were in Colorado, I heard him pray this prayer one time, and it was like a light bulb prayer, and I thought of it as I prepared this. He, he prayed this prayer about his son. I, I remember it, and I've, I've heard other people that kind of, kind of adopted this. Here's what he prayed. He said, God, please never... In his son's life, please never let temptation and opportunity meet. When the temptation is present, please remove the opportunity. And when the opportunity is present, please remove the temptation. And he's prayed this for his son. I remember that. Do you, and, and it's just, yeah, well, you know, in order to commit a sin, you, there's, temptation's not a sin. We're all going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted like as we are yet without sin. What we need is opportunity. And what happens is social media, just by its very nature, it makes it very easy for temptation and opportunity to meet. It, it removes the steps towards sin uh, to fulfill whatever the temptation is. The uh, conversation that's inappropriate is simply a couple thumb clicks away. The graphic material is simply a couple clicks away. All of this stuff is accessible. It's so important. We've got to realize that. Social media is potentially fatal. And here's the second half of that. So I strongly consider, so strongly consider filtering and accountability. Let me explain. No matter if you're on a computer, no matter if you're on a phone, no matter if you're on an iPad, tablet, Kindle, whatever it is, device that you access social media, and you all use it probably. If not, you might after this lesson decide just to stay where you are and stay in the Stone Age. But um, listen, if you do, there is a way to protect yourself, and I think you should. Number one way that I'll recommend, I want to give you some practical tools. 
Number one practical tool is called covenant eyes. Covenant eyes. If you want to write that down, you can. Share it with family, kids, whatever. Covenant eyes is a program that you can subscribe to that provides filtering and accountability. Here's what that means. That means it takes away the accessibility to inappropriate material or things you shouldn't be doing online with social media. It, it filters out the content, meaning you go on a website and it keeps you away from the bad stuff. But not only that, it provides accountability where no matter what you go to, minute by minute, moment by moment, it gets reported to somebody else. And you have an instant report that goes to anybody. This is so important. Uh, Filtering and accountability. Parents, parents, grandparents, zone in here for just a second. You you looking? Parents of little kids, big kids, older kids. If you have kids in the house and you have given them a phone or a tablet or a computer and you have not installed on your own filtering or accountability, you are already behind the game. You are, you are making bad steps for your kids. You're responsible for that. You understand? So important. Um, you must, you are the protector of your kids. You understand? You may be messed up, but they don't need to be. Does that make sense? You need to protect your kids from these things. You need to figure out how to use the features on these. You say, I don't understand. Well, guess what? They do, and they know how to find the stuff that you don't want them to find, and they know how to hide it from you. And if you think that they don't, you're fooled. Uh, It's so important. Filtering and accountability. Here's a couple tools for parents. One, obviously, I talked about covenant eyes. Here's the second one. There's a cool device you can buy. I haven't personally used it because my kids, they're not at the point where we're going to use this yet, but we will. It's called Circle. It's by Disney. And you think, Disney, what good comes out of there? Uh, Moana, Tangled, no, uh, Disney. Um, it's a device called Circle where you can, get, uh, you can limit what your kids are watching within the house on any device at any time. You can limit the time that they're on there, the content that they watch, and get reports on everything so that you know what they're doing and you're responsible for what they're doing. Do you understand? So important. So Disney Circle, look it up. Something uh, that costs money, Covenant Eyes costs money. Here's something that's free. There are on pretty much every device, uh, Android devices, iPhones, restriction settings or parental controls. You better find a YouTube video or find a kid that knows how to get on YouTube and ask them how to search for this stuff. You need to ask them how to search for, how do I set up restrictions and parental controls? Within there, you can say automatically, no, this type of movie is not allowed. This rating, this uh, explicit content for the music. You should know how to use these tools. Or you should not be giving out phones and devices. Uh, it's got to be a verse in here somewhere. Uh, but that's my personal opinion. Here's, here's a verse you say, why are you so hard about that? Romans 13. Romans 13. Talking about you and your relationship with sin... And if you're a parent, your kid's relationship with sin. Check it out. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You understand? The flesh will always be there. Until you go to heaven and your flesh is gone and you get this nice new body without sin, There will always be flesh present. There will always be temptation. But the Bible says, make not provision for the flesh. Provision is a word that means prior preparation. It means don't allow yourself, if you know it's there, don't even give yourself the opportunity. Uh, Let me explain another way. Don't fight a temptation tomorrow that you can eliminate today. You say, man, I keep my kids, I'm so scared about when they get that age, and I can't, I'm so scared they're going to find, I'm so scared. You can eliminate the temptation. You can take the opportunity away from the temptation because you can block that stuff so they don't get there in the first place. Does that make sense? 
Same thing with yourself. If you have an issue and social media is uh, caught, you, whether it's uh, inappropriate conversation or whatever, is it, whatever it is, you can eliminate the temptation. You don't have to, I, I, can't, I can't fix it. I can't deal with it. Block it. Get rid of it. There is a way to, to guard yourself. Do you understand? Don't make prior preparation for the flesh. If you know your flesh has a certain temptation, eliminate it today. While you are strong and can make a decision that's wise, walking circumspectly and take care of it. All right. Eliminate temptation today so you don't have to fight tomorrow. So, number three, moving on. On social media, real life rules apply. If you shouldn't in person, you shouldn't online. All right? Let me read it again. On social media, real life rules apply. If you shouldn't in person, you shouldn't online. So important. So people get this, it's a disconnection from reality. The idea that what I do online isn't the same as what I do in person. The same rules should apply, especially if you're a Christian, okay? And the rules apply to everybody, whether or not you are. But listen, here, here's just some helpful verses. When dealing with the opposite gender. I feel like I need to address that. When dealing with the opposite gender, uh, 1 Timothy 5 gives you some great advice. Let's talk about in person, and then let's relate it to online. Uh, 1 Timothy 5, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. When In life, when you deal with somebody older than you, uh, this is us younger folks, if you consider yourself younger, uh, if there's somebody older than you, the Bible says, here, listen, uh, treat them as if they're a father figure. That's how you can address them. That's how you can relate to them. It says, and the younger men as brethren or brothers. How do I treat somebody that's a, a younger man, uh, somebody that's my age, that's a, that's a male? Well, I, I treat them like I would a brother. You know, I, uh, there are certain boundaries you have with brothers. There's a certain way you talk respectfully to brothers. The elder women, verse 2, as mothers. How do I talk to older women in real life? As, my, as I would my mother. Treat, treat them like your mom. And the younger as sisters with all purity. The younger as sisters. Um, this is so important. The phrase with all purity means keep the sin out. All right? It means you don't cross borders you shouldn't cross. It means there shouldn't be a hint of anything that might even seem wrong. All purity, completely pure. In real life, when you deal with the opposite gender, it's so important, uh, guys and girls, if you're married, it's really clear that you talk to your wife a certain way and you talk to somebody who's not your wife another way. Uh, flamboyant personality or whatever you call it uh, is considered flirtatious, okay? Uh, It's not okay if you're married to flirt with someone else that's a lady or someone else's wife. Does that make sense? Anyone in agreement with me? If you're married, you don't flirt with someone else that you're not married to or someone else's wife. You just don't do it. Same thing, girls to guys, guys to girls. You don't do it. Uh, it's not appropriate with talking about all purity. Uh, it, would, it would be really odd, uh, and we should try and avoid this, and it would be really odd to like just, oh, I don't know, hang out in a hotel room with somebody who's not your wife or your husband. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah, it's weird. I'm not doing anything. Uh, what, I mean, it's, we, it's wrong, right? It's not, you don't do that with all purity. Let's translate that into online. This is so important. So important. The same thing. Your online conversation with someone else that's not your spouse should be handled with all purity. There are too many. One in three divorces begin online. Probably because... Facebook keeps suggesting to you who you ought to talk to, and you haven't talked to them for a long time. So, hey, no big deal. Let's just hop in this little box down here. Let's relate that one to a hotel room maybe, or I'm, I'm just giving you, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it way this way so you can see my point. Um, you don't want to just have private conversation with somebody. It's just there's something about it. And sometimes 
I understand how this can't be avoided. I need to get in touch with somebody. But handle conversations between the opposite gender with all purity. That's the scriptural command here. With all purity. Talk to the ladies as sisters. Talk to the men as brothers. If Guys, if you wouldn't say it to your sister, or you wouldn't talk about that stuff with your sister, or your wife couldn't see it, the conversation shouldn't be happening. So important. Guard yourself. Social media is potentially fatal. Consider filtering and accountability. On social media, real-life rules apply. If you shouldn't in person, you shouldn't online. So that's how we deal with the opposite gender. What about difficult people? How do we deal with difficult people in real life? Most of the times, you just ignore them. But online, you comment, baby. I mean, you're on there. You're, you're mad-facing those people. They say something you don't like in person, you get this, like, lion courage online where if in, in person you would never ever say something for some reason people have this false sense of boldness to comment or post their opinion but you'd never say it to their face listen real life rules got to apply if it's appropriate in real life uh, if it's not appropriate in real life it's not appropriate online when dealing with difficult people remember the golden rule okay matthew chapter 7 therefore this is verse 12. All things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Do to someone else what you would want them to do to you. This is how we treat people. This is what God expects us to do. Love your enemies. This is what God expects us to do. Ephesians 4.32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. But they said something on Facebook that I don't like. But they shared something that was political, and I don't agree. Listen, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That's how we should treat them in real life, and that's the same way we should treat people online and social media. So important. When considering what to post when considering, it's the same rules that apply as considering what I should say or what I should do. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Here's the principal verse. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We know that in real life, everything we say and everything we do is a representation of Jesus Christ. It's a representation of us and who we are. But sometimes people forget that online. Your online profile is a representation of who you are in real life. You are not a different person. You are one person, no matter how you try to present yourself. And the funny thing is, when you post on Facebook, you have 100% authority, and you get the 100% ability to choose what you post. And some, like in, on life, Sometimes you don't get that option. Sometimes you say those words and can't retract them. But online, you get to choose. Like, you can actually post or not post, and you can consider beforehand what you're going to put out there. Some of you, on purpose, make yourselves look really bad, and that's so important. We are not, it's not only about you, it's about the Lord. Let your light so shine, you may glorify your Father. Consider your Facebook, consider your Instagram or your Twitter or whatever, does it bring glory to God? If before you post, can you say, God, I want this to bring glory to you. God, I, I want this to make you look good. God, this is going to represent you well. 1 Corinthians 10.31 reminds us, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. We are an ambassador of Christ everywhere in real life, and online. And some, uh, some people don't even consider the fact that what you post on Facebook has consequences. It's so important. If you don't know that, I, I think most of you probably know that, but it's so important. The first thing nowadays when you're going to get a job or the first thing when somebody's trying to figure out who you are, they don't call you up and ask you, hey, are you a good person? Hey, do you love the Lord? They look on Facebook or they look on your Twitter or on your Instagram, and that is how they judge your life. And so 
wisely consider what you post. Here is reminder number four. Reminder number four about social media. Social media relationships are not real relationships. Let me explain. Um, I understand that we have friendships and then we take those friendships online. But sometimes we turn to Facebook and the virtualness of it and we're looking for things on there that we should be getting in real life. You understand? Uh, We turn to social media relationships for validation. Sometimes we're depressed and we're just feeling, God, I, I really want somebody, man, I wish somebody was here, I'm, I'm, whether I'm feeling lonely or whatever, and we post. Why do we post? Because we want to see those thumbs ups, right? We want, to get, we want to see the likes. We want likes to come our way and we want that instant gratification of, oh, they like that, they, my shoes were great or my whatever I cooked or whatever I'm eating. We, we're, we want that validation that, that I am loved, that I am cared for, and we turn to social media to get that. Here's a verse discussing this idea. Ephesians 1, verse number 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We go to social media. Question is, do you go to social media looking for acceptance? Looking, man, is that one friend? Are they going to see it? And are they going to like this? Are they going to share this? Are they going to repost this? Sometimes we go there for validation when the Bible says all the validation you need is from your heavenly Father. The Bible says we're accepted in the beloved. That word accepted is the same word uh, when the Bible talks about the Virgin Mary, that she's highly favored among women, that God looks down and says, this girl is special and I'm going to pick her out, I'm going to use her. That's the same word accepted. Accepted in the beloved, that when I'm in Christ, God looks down at me and he says, I I highly favor you. I, I like you, you know. You don't have to turn to social media for likes. You can turn to the Lord for likes. There's a pastor that I've listened to and he says that we're living in a generation who is living for likes while longing for love. We're living for likes while we're longing for love. We, we go to social media for that validation. There's a study in the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology. Listen to this. Finds that Facebook and depressive symptoms go hand in hand. All right? They have linked Facebook and depression. They're together. It says uh, the media, uh, here's, here's what is the factor that links them together, and it's this. They call it social comparison. Social comparison, that's when we make comparisons. We, we go through our life, and uh, those of you that are moms, you know, and you stay at home, I can relate this because my wife stays at home, and you do the laundry, and you take care of the kids, and your house is messy, and then you got this other lady who posts a picture of herself at the beach reading a book with her toes perfectly pedicured or whatever. You're like, oh, why can't I have that? I've never felt that way, but I hear that some people do sometimes. We see people's big highlight moments. Do you know what? You don't post your junk on Facebook. You always post your best moments. It's like, this picture is awesome. This, makes, this is great. I'm going to share that. And so what we do then is we see everybody else's highlights. We see all the great things that's happening in their life, and we compare ourselves to that, and we get depressed. We're not to compare ourselves among ourselves. The Bible says that's not wise. So number four, social media relationships are not real. Social media can be an addition to our current relationships to make them better, but it should not be a replacement for real relationships. And Pastor Tony has done an excellent job preaching on friends the last couple weeks to add to that point. Number five, and we are finished. Social media is a tool and should be used appropriately. Social media is a tool and should be used appropriately. Does anybody in here own a hammer? I own a hammer, but I have no idea how to use it. 
I also own a drill, and I don't know how to use that either. But I understand that a hammer, because I've watched people use a hammer. <laughs> I've watched Dave use a hammer, and I say, Dave, can I get you something? I'm good at running to get lunch. Uh, that's my skill when we build things around here. Uh, I can go get lunch, or I can, like, you know, call people or something like that. But I'm not good with a hammer, but I know a hammer can be used for good. You can build stuff with a hammer, swing it like this. Uh, you can, you know... Do good things with a hammer, but you can also take that same hammer and destroy something. Take that same hammer and tear things apart. I've watched that happen here too. The same is true with social media. Do you know social media is not going anywhere? Those of you that hunker down and pray, please take away social media. Uh, it, it might be great to go back to the times where you don't have to, you know, tell everybody else what you're eating for dinner. Only you know what you're eating for dinner. But it's, stick, it's sticking around. It's only growing. It's only a matter of time till everybody in the world is on social media. Um, but we need to realize that it is a tool. And just like a tool, it can be used to tear things down. It can be used to destroy. And it can be used to benefit as well. So here are my final suggestions, and then we will uh, pray and uh, finish the service. If you can't use social media safely and appropriately, don't use it. It's my suggestion to you. But if you can, if you can recognize the, the negatives and safeguard yourself, if you can not let it monopolize your time and your focus, if it doesn't take you from real relationship, if you can use it safely and appropriately, Use it for Jesus. You should. All of us has the same mission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Make disciples of all nations. Help every person come to know Christ. And then as the, Jesus said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then he says, teach them to observe all things that I commanded you. There's a lot of that going on on Facebook as well. There's a lot of that. We use Facebook to communicate as a staff. We use Facebook to communicate in our groups. I know you use Facebook to send pictures to grandma. And all of these things are good, and it can be a tool. So we use Facebook to reach people about our Easter drama, and we ask you to share it. And if we can use it wisely, circumspectly, I think we should use it. But we have to use it wisely.